Okay, very good. Let's all stand to our feet, please. You've been sitting for a while. We're going to do our best to honor your time. Let's open our Bibles, those of you that do have one, to the book of Job. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. And remain standing. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to bless the reading of his word here this morning. And then that way, after that, we can go ahead and sit and relax and enjoy the rest of the service. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all the things that have happened here today. It's a very special day, Lord, where we honor our dads. But again, Lord, it's all about honoring you, not only today, but every day. We want to honor you as our Heavenly Father. And we do that, Lord God, as soon as we wake up, we need to make a choice. Are we going to honor Dad today? And before we go to bed, are we going to honor Dad today? And as we're driving around, are we going to honor Dad by obeying the rules and, and doing what's right? So, Lord, every day is Father's Day for those of us who are Christians. And so we pray right now that you would bless the reading of the Word of God here this morning. Help me as your servant to communicate your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. Please remain standing if you can, if you're physically able to. Let me read this section of Scripture. It says this in Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. It says this, In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the east. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. You may be seated. Now, most of us who have been in church for any length of time are familiar with the book of Job, or we've heard of the book of Job. And usually when we think about the book of Job, there's always negative connotation to it. And there's good reasons for that. Okay. Uh, if you haven't uh, heard of the, about the story of Job, I would encourage you to take some time to read the whole book. You're going to see what we're talking about. And as you, if you haven't read it and you read it, and those of us that do know about it, there is no doubt that Job experienced severe and unfair suffering and loss. And there is no doubt that Job was blindsided and sucker punched by the devil. The book is well known because of Job's, Job experienced the loss of everything that was dear to him, and he almost lost his life. Now, the book does end on a positive note, which is great, but still, what Job went through was horrible. And it's very similar to what many of us have endured this past year. I know that Sergio made reference to it during the worship service, uh, how, you know, a year ago at this time, the world was in chaos. It was all messed up. And all of us have been through a very, very difficult season. The whole world has. And I wanted to relate this past year to some of the things uh, that Job went through. For example, uh, people's health has been uh, very, very affected this year. Last Sunday, for those of you that were here, we had Chaplain Bob Mikado. How many of you enjoyed Chaplain Bob Mikado? Wasn't he a blessing? Okay, he's kind of radical, but he was good. Okay, so he was here, but he shared with us that, you know, he almost died last year. 
He got so sick from this COVID that he almost died. He, 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 you know, by the grace of God, he didn't. My sister Evelyn and her children's dad, Hector, they almost died last year before. And now, in terms of businesses, in terms of businesses, uh, before the COVID hit, my daughter Jamie, she was looking forward to a great year working as a teacher at a school called, a Christian school called Monarch Christian School, which was located here in Chatsworth. But like so many thousands of other small businesses, because of COVID, the school went out of business. These things are very similar to what Job experiencing, the loss of his health, the loss of his business. And we'll get into that a little bit more. Okay, and there were a lot. There was a lot of death this past year. I mean, a lot of people have died. Many of you all, uh, know that my mom passed away last year in August. So far, in the United States, over six hundred thousand people have died because of this COVID thing. Close to, close to, not quite there yet, but close to four million people have died worldwide because of COVID. So there's been a lot of death. Yesterday, just yesterday, we had a funeral here at our church uh, for a man that was 56 years of age. Uh, it was Nina's uncle who passed away. Uh, so there's been a lot of death. And you know what? Sadly, there's been a lot of young people that have passed away. Uh, last year, uh, started off kind of kind of sad where we lost little Tony Lopez. By the way, please keep Tony Sr. and his wife, Terry Lopez, in your prayers. I forgot to mention this earlier. They're still going through a lot of other stuff with their parents uh, and a lot of health issues with, the, with Terry's parents. So please keep them in your prayers. But sadly, last year, they lost their son. He got killed, uh, and he was only 22 years of age. I asked Frank uh, for permission to mention his son, Jeremy. We had a funeral service for him uh, maybe about a month ago. He was only 32 years of age. So for Frank, he has other children. So it's bittersweet because, of course, he's thankful for his kids, but he's very sad and broken today because of the loss of his son, Jeremy. And he's here in church. Welcome again, Frank. We appreciate you and love you and still praying for you, okay? And then uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, Bobby Martinez, uh, you called me about your friend Tony, and uh, he lost his son, he, uh, and he was only 25 years of age, okay? And these are, uh, these are just a few examples. I can go on and on because a year is a long time, and a lot of stuff happens in a, in a whole year. So a lot of radical stuff has happened this past year. So this Father's Day, I wanted to look at the book of Job because of the similarities of his life, what he went through, and what we have all experienced this past year. I know that we are celebrating here today and we're rejoicing and we're joyful in our hearts, but how many of you would agree that it's been a tough year for some more than others, but it's been a tough, crazy, radical, unpredictable year for many, many people. Now, the book of Job actually starts off on a very pos- in a very positive way. Listen to what the Bible tells us in verse 1 about the kind of man that Job was. Job chapter 1 verse 1 says this, In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. Now, right off the top, I have to say that this man puts me, Pastor Jerry, to shame. Right off the top. I'm just going to say that from the very beginning. The Bible tells us that Job was blameless. That's a strong word, blameless. Okay? Now, For those of us who are Christians, spiritually, because of the blood 
of Jesus. How many of you thank God for Jesus, his cross, the blood, his sacrifice? Because of all that, we who are in Christ have been declared righteous before a holy God, forgiven of our sins, and we celebrate that. But for me, as a man, to say that I am blameless, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can say that about myself. Again, speaking for myself, I can tell you with a clear conscience that since being in the ministry, I have never been with any woman except for my wife, Julie. Now, nor have I smoked anything legal or illegal, nor have I drank any alcohol, but to say that I am blameless, no way. I cannot say that about myself because right away, Julie will come up here and rebuke me right in front of all of you because she knows that Pastor Jerry is not blameless. But the Bible tells us here that Job was blameless. That is a very powerful statement of character that the Holy Spirit makes about a man. A man just like you and a man just like me. Let's read verse 1 again and see what else the Bible tells us about Job. Job verse 1 Chapter 1, verse 1. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. The Bible tells us that Job was upright. Well, in my limited understanding of things, I wanted to know what the difference between blameless and upright was. So I looked it up, and the word blameless is defined as innocent of wrongdoing. Definitely not Pastor Jerry. Upright is defined as strictly honorable or Honest. So again, I have to confess that I am not always upright. I try my best, but I am not always successful. I'm just talking about me. You guys can trip on your own selves, okay? Now let's go back to Job chapter 1 verse 1 and see what else the Bible tells us about Job's character. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God. He feared God. The Bible tells us here, that Job feared God. Speaking only for myself, I can say with a clear conscience that I do my best to walk in the fear of the Lord. That I can say with a, with a clear conscience. I wake up in the morning and I strive to spend some time with my Lord in prayer. I do my best to be consistent in my Bible reading. I do my best to honor God during the day as I interact with people and deal with drama and situations. Before I go to bed, I do my best to spend some time in prayer with my Lord and go over my day with Him, talk to Him. I really do try and include God and consider God in everything I do. The fear of God is important to me. I don't know about you, but for me, I I can say it's an important issue. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 says this, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him. What was the word that Shama gave us a little while ago? To be obey God. To if God is telling you to forgive, you got to obey God. Obedience, as she said earlier, obedience is better than sacrifice. In spite of your feelings, in spite of your emotions, in spite of your carnal thinking, in spite of whatever else is, is, is involved in this natural realm that we live in, obedience to God is key. It is a mark of the fear of God. It says, 
to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Second Chronicles chapter 19, verse 7. Now let the fear of the Lord be on you. Judge carefully. Speaking to me as a pastor. Don't play favorites, Jerry. Don't be tripping out on people. You do things right. It says here, now let the fear of the Lord be on you. Judge carefully. For with the Lord our God, there is no injustice or partiality or bribery. I, as a pastor, as a minister, cannot play favorites. If I do, I will be guilty before my God. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Congratulations, Gilbert. You just got your two-year certificate. Knowledge of the Holy One. That's something to be celebrated. You grow in knowledge, always learning, always growing, always trying to know more about God. God honors that. Uh, Proverbs 14, uh, I'm sorry, where am I at here? Uh, Proverbs 10, 27, Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Proverbs 14, 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Proverbs 22, verse 4, humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. And now we can have Bible studies on each of these verses and just break it down and explain how critical and how important the fear of the Lord is for a man or woman of God. So the fear of the Lord is an important thing. But let's go back to Job chapter 1, verse 1. And see what else the Bible tells us about Job. It says here, in the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. The Bible tells us here that Job shunned evil. He pushed himself away from evil. Now again, in terms of me personally... I do my best to stay away from places and people that I know are evil or that will be dangerous to me and to my walk with Jesus Christ. To my knowledge, since being in the ministry, I don't think that I have gone into a bar to get a drink of alcohol. To my knowledge, I don't think that I've been in a strip club. I don't think that I've been in a secular club unless there has been a Christian artist that I knew that was ministering there, that was reaching out to souls in a secular scene. I do my best to stay away from movies that, that, that can cause me to stumble. But sometimes I do get tempted and I don't want to shun evil. Are you guys listening to what I'm saying here this morning? I'm talking about me, not you. You can't get mad at me because I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. Sometimes I get tempted and I don't want to shun evil because evil looks delicious. I like evil. I am attracted to evil. It is luscious. It is delicious. It is tantalizing. And I don't want to shun it. What it uh, I'm going to borrow from uh, Chaplain Bob Mercado last week. What did uh, Chaplain Bob Mercado said? Pastor Jerry Cochino. <laughs> now, for those of you that don't know what Cochino means in Spanish, it's a Spanish word. It means nasty, perverted, dirty man. That's what it means. Cochino. Sometimes I do get tempted. And I don't want to shun evil. I desire evil. I am drawn to evil. I am hypnotized by evil. 
Menso, what did Ch- 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 Chaplin McCall? Menso! <laughs> we don't want to shun evil. What did uh, Chaplin, again, borrowing from Chaplin Bob McCardle? Uh, Sir Vergüenza! You pay $20 to go into the movie theater to watch a rated R movie, and you don't want to pay $20 to go to the men's conference on Saturday? Sir Vergüenza! That means you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I'm just borrowing from Chaplain Bob McCutter. You can blame him if you don't like my, my slang here, okay? Write letters to him, not to me. He's the one that corrupted my mind, all right? Now, for you ladies out there that are being self-righteous and say, yeah, you guys are all dirty, rotten pigs. Again, I want to borrow from Chaplain Bob McCutter, and I want to say to you that there's a word in Spanish that is, it says this, Cochina. That means that there are women who are nasty and perverted and dirty. And he mentioned you ex-pole dancers out there. You know what a cochina is. So you ladies, don't be looking down on guys or tearing guys up or putting us down because you're just as corrupt as we are. Why? Because we all have a sinful nature and we all struggle against that sinful nature and we all have to fight against that sinful nature that wants to take us down, men or women. And that's why Jesus died on the cross for men and women that are corrupt, that are cochinos and cochinas. Can you say amen? That's who he came to save. So don't be putting anybody down or comparing yourself because we're all in this madness struggle against sin together. So again, I repeat what I said at the beginning of my message about Job verse 1. Right off the top, Job puts me as a man of God to shame because the Bible tells us that Job was blameless, he was upright, he feared God, and he shunned evil. And the Bible tells us that Job was a dad, a father. Verse 2 tells us that Job had 10 children. It says in Job chapter 1 verse 2, he says, he had seven sons and three daughters. So if you have less than 10 kids, do not complain to me about anything, okay? He had 10 children. He had a wife and he had 10 kids. I just had one child. Her name is Jamie. And I barely kept my sanity. And I barely kept my salvation. And I barely kept my marriage intact. Just with one. He had 10. Job had his wife and 10 kids. And still, the Bible tells us that Job was blameless. He was upright. He feared God. And he shunned evil. My God, what kind of a man is this? And the Bible tells us something else about Job that is very important. If we continue and read what it says in Job chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, And he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the east. The Bible tells us that Job didn't just have seven sheep, or 70 sheep, or 700 sheep. No, Job had 7,000 sheep. He had 3,000 camels. He had 500 yoke of oxen. I looked up yoke of oxen because I'm not a farmer. I don't know nothing about animals. 500 yoke of oxen is defined as this. A pair of oxen may be called a yoke 
of oxen. That means he actually had a thousand oxen, but he paired them up and yoked them up, and they were 500 yoke of oxen. The Bible also says he had 500 donkeys, a large number of servants, and he was the greatest man among all the people of the east. That means that Job was very rich. He was very popular. He was very successful. Job was very great, the greatest. He was like a superstar. He had a Lamborghini in his garage, a Porsche, a Rolls Royce. He was the Elam Elon Musk of his day, and yet Job remained blameless, upright, he feared God, and he shunned evil. Do you know how hard it is? How many people are guilty of turning their backs on God when they obtain wealth or popularity or fame, when they reach superstar status, whether it's in the movies or music industry or sports or academia or intelligentsia or ministry. Yes, even ministers get their heads all messed up with success or any other category of success. They lose the fear of the Lord. They start getting caught up in all kinds of compromise and sinful activity. They forget about God. They get prideful. They get arrogant. They get cocky. They start looking down at people. They start thinking that they are better than everyone else. This is why Deuteronomy chapter 8 is so important. You need to really focus some time on on learning Deuteronomy chapter 8, especially for those of you men or women that become successful, that God blesses in life. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting at verse 10. Let me just read this. It says, when you... You have eaten and are satisfied. Praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land, with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble you and test you, so that in the end, it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you forever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify you against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Lastly, Job prayed daily for his children. In Job chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, his sons used to hold feasts in their homes in their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. It was a routine, a routine. It was a discipline. This is something that he did every single day. If you get anything out of this message, there's a lot to get out of it, but even if you just get one, If you are a dad here today, no matter what your circumstances, no matter what you're going through, I want to encourage you every day, you pray for your kids. 
whether anybody appreciates it or not, sees it or not, knows it or not, acknowledges it or not, who cares? You as a dad, if you have children, you pray for them. Whether you have a relationship with them or don't, you pray for your kids. If you get anything out of this, just get that. Pray for your kids. Now, here's the thing about Job and why this is such a powerful book. Job lost everything, and yet he did not become bitter with God. He didn't reject God. He didn't rebel against God. He didn't blame God. He didn't turn his back on God. All ten of his children suffered a violent death. He lost all his wealth and his businesses. He lost his health. He, had a, he, had, he went through horrible physical suffering and pain and torment. His wife lost respect for him. She wished she was dead. Job, I wish you were dead. His friends beat him down. He found himself completely alone, stripped of everything, and yet he never turned his back on God. That is an amazing testimony about a man. Because most of us, we stub our toe and we're ready to curse God. Sad. It's so sad how weak some of us are, how lame some of us are. In our faith. It's very sad. But this man, he lost everything and he never turned his back on God. That's why the book of Job is such a powerful book. He instead chose to praise God in the midst of all his loss. And the Bible records these very famous words in the book of Job, chapter 13, verse 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. God, I don't care what you do to me or what happens to me. Now, he didn't know that the devil was doing this to him. He had no clue. But he said, I don't care what goes on. I don't care what happens in my life. I'm going to trust you, God. You can do what you want, but I'm going to trust you. I'm getting all tore up, but I'm going to trust you. Now, let me speak to all of you dads. For those of you that are with your kids and spouse uh, and you're a, a family, man, that's a blessing. In this day that we're living in, if you are a normal mom and dad with kids and it's a natural parent, that is a blessing. I want you to know that. And, man, we celebrate that with you here today. Kids, for you that have both your parents partnering with you, partnering to, to raise you. Uh, again, I'm happy for you because, man, uh, you know, a lot of kids don't. Let me just read you these stats uh, about the, the situation here. Numbers don't lie. This is a title. Numbers don't lie. 71% of, of pregnant teenagers lack a, fa- a father. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 85% of youths in prison grew up in a fatherless home. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. Now, we'll save that for a youth service or for a a youth teaching. But man, if you are a young person here and you have both your parents in your life, you need to thank God instead of being so selfish and complain all the time. But that's another sermon. We'll get to that later. But I also know that there is a lot of dads out here that are hurting right now. Right now as I'm speaking, even though we come in and I'm all celebrating and I'm all smiling and we're all clapping, but in our hearts there's a lot of dads in here that are broken, that are hurting, that are crying, that are sad, that are going through 
very, very painful stuff right now because it's Father's Day and they may not be able to celebrate Father's Day with their kids for a number of reasons. And there's all kinds of reasons why dads are not able to spend time with their kids on Father's Day or why kids can't spend time with their dads on Father's Day. And we have dads right now that are broken and full of regrets. Perhaps you have lost a son or daughter this year. Perhaps you have lost your job or your business this year. Perhaps you have lost your health this year. Perhaps your wife has lost respect for you and doesn't love you anymore and wishes that you were dead. Perhaps your friends have given up on you. Perhaps you have no relationship with your kids. You have been cut off because of legal issues. Now there's a brother in our church. I asked him for permission to share this very briefly. Hopefully he'll come up and give his testimony one day. But there's a brother in our church. Most of you know who he is, but I'm not going to say his name. Anyways, he just found out this past year that he has a daughter. she, She ended up calling him up and said she was doing some research. She's trying to find her dad. And she traced it back to him. And she called him up and asked some questions. And they, uh, they, he, she asked if he would be willing to take a DNA, DNA test. And he found out that he was a dad. She was 45 years old, married, has three kids, had a successful career. But deep down in her heart, she was looking for dad. She needed to connect with dad. So for 45 years, this brother who goes to our church did not know that he had a little girl did not know, have any relationships with her, didn't see her grow up, didn't see her go through teenage years, didn't celebrate her graduations, didn't celebrate nothing. Uh, He has grandkids. He didn't even know he was a dad. For the first time this year, he got to stand up at Chatsworth Foursquare Church when I say, all dads, stand up to your feet. Hey, I'm a dad. I just found out this past year. I'm a dad. He stood up to his feet. He missed out on all those years of being able to get candy. What do you think about that? But that's that's a shocker. That is a shocking thing to find out that you have a 45-year-old daughter with grandkids and grandkids and you're a dad and you've never you didn't even know that you were a dad and it just man that's a that's a hard thing to deal with to all of you dads out there don't give up don't give up Even though you may feel taken advantage of, even though you as a man are overlooked sometimes, unappreciated, just because you try to hold your emotions in, just because you try to keep your cool, just because you don't want to complain or rock the boat, and you, and, 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 and yet people take advantage of that. You feel ignored. You feel unsupported. You feel misinformed and misunderstood by your own family, by your wife, by your kids. Don't, they don't realize that they're hurting you by doing these things. They don't realize the, 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 the problems that they're causing in your heart. And you just take it to avoid conflict. You take it to avoid problems. And, and you don't even, and they don't even say thank you at times. Listen to all you men that are hurting in any way, shape, or form for whatever reason. And you're a dad and you're in pain. I want to say to you, don't give up. Put your trust in the Lord because he sees you, he knows you, and he loves you, and he's going to take care of you. Your wife may not appreciate it. Your kids may not appreciate it. The world may not appreciate it. You just keep following Jesus. You just keep doing what's right. Even though you're in pain and you're broken and you're discouraged and you're alone and, 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 you're, and you're just passed, passed over. By the very people that should appreciate you the most, you're just passed over and ignored. You keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Job lost everything. And yet Job remained blameless, upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. This is my challenge to all of you men, especially to you who are dads. You may be completely shut out of your child's life. You may have lost a child and are broken and hurt and devastated in some way. You may be alone and isolated or rejected. Keep your eyes on Jesus. For those of you men that have a healthy marriage, you have a healthy family, you have a family that loves you and people that love you, praise God for that. But you, you, you keep your eyes on Jesus and All I want to do right now is I want all the dads to come up here, please. Every single dad to come up here to the altar. I want to pray with you. I just want to pray for all the dads, and we're going to finish. All you dads, come up here. Let's pray for each other. As a matter of fact, well, we'll have the dads come up, and then all the men behind you guys, okay? All the men in general, just come on up. We're going to pray for you, all the men of God. This is man's day, Father's day. We're going to celebrate the men of God. So many times I know that we just get passed by, we get misunderstood. We get misinterpreted. We, there's not a sense of appreciation. I get it. I get it. I've been there. I've done that. I've lived it. I understand it. I've experienced it. It does not feel good. But you know what? We're men, and we've got we to be strong, and we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Would you guys all agree with me? Can you say amen? amen. got to keep our eyes on Jesus. We cannot allow our brokenness, our hurt, the, the, the discouragement that's in our hearts We cannot let that mess us up. We cannot let that drag us down. We have to keep marching forward in the name of Jesus under the anointing of God's power. We need to keep moving forward. He loves us. He cares about us. He sees us. He sees every single issue and struggle in our lives as we wrestle against sin and as we wrestle against the powers of hell. Let's go before our God right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all these men of God right here. Lord God, You know the the brokenness and the hurt and the pain. And many times we just stay quiet, Lord. We just take it. We just mind our own business. We don't want to bother anybody. We don't want to cause any any rock the boat or cause any waves. We don't want to... get all people all messed up we want to stand up and we want to be men but we get hurt lord we get hurt and we get discouraged and and we get broken lord god and we cry and lord god and and we need love and attention and 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 we need lord god for for you to comfort us and to help us and to nourish our our hearts and our minds and and to help us lord god not to fall prey to the devil's traps and all the things that he offers us in the midst of our hurt and pain and so lord i just want to pray for every single one of these men up here Lord. Help them to be strong. Help them not to give up, Lord. Help them not to get discouraged, Lord God, and turn their backs on you, but to trust you no matter what, no matter how difficult the journey may become, Lord God, no matter how treacherous or crazy or or cold or, or difficult, Lord. Help these men of God to be strong, Lord God. Help us that our dads, Lord, to pray for our children daily, Lord. And if we don't have any kids, help us to adopt someone, Lord God, and to pray for them, Lord Jesus, because our kids are in trouble. Lord God, I know it's a whole nother sermon. It's a whole nother topic. The youth of our of our country, Lord, and what they're going through and what they're experiencing. It's a whole different category of issues. But Father, these men of God need your help. We need your help. We need for you, Lord God, to show yourself strong on our behalf. Begin to heal, Lord God, our minds. Begin to heal those broken areas of our hearts, Lord God. Begin, Lord God, to stop the bleeding, Lord Jesus, 
and to lord god protect our minds from the devil and all the things that he offers us lord god and he brings upon our path that he torments us with lord jesus we pray in the name of jesus that you lord god will help us to walk in the victory that is ours because of jesus christ and the cross and the blood lord god we declare the blood of jesus we plead the blood of jesus the bible says that we have victory through the testimony, Lord God, the, through the word of our testimony and through the blood, Lord God. So we pray right now, God, that you will be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Let's give glory to God, church. Amen. God bless you, men. Happy Father's Day. Be strong. Be strong in the things of God. Stay faithful to him no matter what. God bless you guys. God bless you, church.